1: Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I am Eric Fisher. I'm your host. This is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm excited to share with you a conversation I had with Abby Marks Beal. She's a speed reading educator, author, online course creator, corporate productivity expert. She's also the author of 10 Days to Faster Reading. And in this conversation, you guessed it, we're talking about speed reading, in the 10 years almost of this show, we've never actually done a full episode on speed reading, and that's what we're about to do. So I know I use speed reading, though not to the extent that I should or can, and I learned a lot from talking with Abby and going through the book. I know you will as well. There are some really cool ways to not just get through content that you're reading faster, whether it's digital or analog, but to absorb more, to comprehend better, some people think there's a trade-off there, where if you're speed reading, you're skimming, and you're not getting enough out of it. it. doesn't have to be that way. In fact, it doesn't have to be that way at all. You can speed read and comprehend even better, and that's what we're going to talk about in this conversation with Abby Marks Beal. Well, this week, it is my privilege to welcome to the show, Abby Marks Beal. Abby, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks, Sarah. Pleasure to be here.
1: So I was really excited to get in contact with you because I realized we've maybe touched tangentially – on speed reading on this show in the past. And and it's definitely something that comes into play with productivity. It's how fast can you go through material and data and information, whether that's digital or analog in your hands or whatever. But I realized we've never had a dedicated show to speed reading on beyond the to-do list. And I am excited and ecstatic to have you (laughs)
0: I was so privileged to be the one to bust all the myths and to help your audience learn a little more. Yeah. Thank you.
1: (laughs) So you're coming from this background of not only being like an educator, but you educate people literally on speed reading. You create online courses, you do corporate productivity training, and you're the author of the book, 10 Days to Faster Reading, but now you've got an updated book, Speed Reading, a little known time saving superpower i think a lot of people have heard of speed reading and have preconceived notions let's start there what are some of those speed reading myths that you need to bust in order to get people on board with you as far as your trainings go
0: yeah and there are there are quite a few myths and it's really some of it is legitimate because of what they may have experienced or what they've learned in the world so I think one of the myths is, and as much as I hate this quote, I say it anyway, Woody Allen, who would say, I read War and Peace in five minutes and it's a book about Russia. And so then people think that when you speed read, that you don't get anything, that it's inefficient. Like, how could anybody read War and Peace in five minutes? Like, nobody can, first of all. And it's not just about Russia. So for me, what I look at with uh, speed reading is that it's more about efficiency. So I talk about gears that pretty much everyone has built in like a five-gear stick shift, kind of like your car. And basically everyone's stuck in those slower gears of one and two, because for most people, they've never learned how to go into those higher gears. And so once you've learned some different strategies, and I call them active, mindful, and conscious strategies, you can then mindfully, actively, and consciously change your speed according to the road in effect, like what you're reading, how much you know, how tired you are, how hungry you are, how interested you are or not, you know, where you're located. There's so many different things to be aware of when you read. It's not just, I'm just going to read. It's like, no, (laughs) there is so much more to be aware of. It's a mindful process that most people were never taught. So I'll just give you my definition of speed reading. It's not reading as fast as you can without understanding. Okay, that's what a lot of people think it is. But mine is, it's a set of mindful, conscious strategies that allow you to get what you need quickly from any reading material in an efficient and an effective manner. That's different than reading just fast. Because you don't want to lose your comprehension. You want to get what you need out of the material. And so once you learn how to do that, then it's like you can go through pretty much almost anything. And just a quick caveat is I'm talk more about nonfiction because that's harder. You know, that's harder to read. Stories are so easy because in the mind we can picture it, we can imagine it. And it's so much more entertaining than like a science textbook or, you know, The Economist or, you know, whatever magazine that you're reading that's a, a nonfiction. So it's really more about first how to get through all that academic how to to do stuff And then you can also apply it to your fiction. So it's not like it's without the fiction, but I teach more for nonfiction.
1: Got it. Okay. And here's the thing. You've brought up two things that I want to connect really quickly. You talked about gears in a car and driving. And I want to relate that then to fiction versus nonfiction, because I think a lot of people here would say speed reading is not for fiction, because in the metaphor of driving the car, they want to enjoy the scenery. It's the difference between driving to go do an errand versus going for a drive, an enjoyable drive. I'm kind of addressing this as another, quote, myth. And I have held this, but I have speed read fiction books and still comprehended and retained them. What's your take on this in terms of speed reading nonfiction versus
0: fiction? So I think it's just like, it's the intention. It's like, what's your purpose? If you're on vacation, and you're just sitting on the beach and you just want to read that book and you want to literally savor every word because it's just such a great read, you can go as slow as you want. You can go as fast as you want. You have that choice because your purpose is pure entertainment, right? You don't think that when you get home, you're going to have to like get tested on it, right? Or you don't have to know it in green. But when you have nonfiction, you want to be able to read it so that you are getting what you need from it. So what's your purpose? So I always tell people to ask yourself basically three questions. Why am I reading this? What do I need from it? How am I responsible for it? And how much time do I have? So why do I need it? Maybe it's for a work meeting or we're looking at the future trends. And so I'm looking into this book. I want to know what the future trends are. So then your responsibility is to identify what those future trends are. So then if you're reading a book on future trends and there's a whole let's say, chapter on history, you might say, you know what, I don't really care about the history. And you can kind of do a quick read over that, a quick skim over it when you learn how to do it mindfully, actively and consciously the way that I teach it. And then you just move on and find the information you're looking for. So you're more mindful and conscious and active in your approach. So it's why you're reading it, what do you need it for? So you read accordingly. And then how much time, if you have all the time in the world, take your time if you want, but if you don't, then you need to hurry up and figure out what strategies you want to use. I hope that makes sense.
1: That does. Yeah. So in talking about the gears, I'm curious, I just have always felt that I've read faster overall, and I've incorporated some speed reading techniques, but not like everything that you're providing in the book. Some of which mm-hmm. I've, I've really like, ooh, that's a good one. I'm going to pick that one up <laughs> and add to my, add to my toolkit, add, yeah. add it to my <laughs> optional gears, so to speak. But right. I'm, I'm curious if you've found, what are some of the, say, let's put it this way, default gear or speeds or options of speeds that we've got available to us?
0: So for most people, as I said, Gears 1 and 2 is where they start or where they, they get stuck pretty much, unless they figured it out on their own, which some people have, how to go faster. But I think the default is probably like a Gear 2, which is, let me just kind of plot along We word, almost word for word. And you don't necessarily have to say it with their mouth, but they may hear it in their head. And so if they are going around gear one or two, they're kind of stuck at around 250, 300 words a minute, which sounds like a lot. But when you look at the material that you have to read, that could only be one page. So that's one minute per page or less or more, I should say, that you might read it in. And so if you can learn how to Set yourself up. So I'm gonna kind of like encapsulate everything that I did. You set yourself up for success. You set yourself up sitting upright. You know, if you're if you're doing this for like work, school, learning purposes, not pleasure. Okay. It's pleasure you can do upside down, inside out. I don't care where you do, it. lay back, okay. relax
1: on the lay couch. Back. Yes.
0: That's right. Let your dog hold the book, you know, whatever <laughs> you need. <laughs> but when you're doing it for a purpose, like a, a learning purpose, you know, what you have is this place that is conducive for learning so sitting usually at a place that we're used to learning sitting a desk or table without a ton of stuff around it no clutter like around it your material is the only thing that's in front of you you might have a notepad next to you and in effect before you start you go why am i here what am i doing here why do i want this what do i need it for and then you know i have 20 minutes to get through as much as i can so then as you start going through it you can put your hands on the material to keep your place In that book, the superpower book, there's, I think, 13 different hand or card methods to use. And some people say, well, why would I want to do that? I said, because most of us never learned it, but it is so powerful for getting into gears four or five. And I readily admit that I can't easily get into gears four or five without using my hands or a card. It's just, it's almost like shifting it into overdrive is really what it does. And so getting comfortable with those would be really, really helpful for people.
1: Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search so with the card enter your hand what is it about that that helps you what is the principle there that allows your eyes and your hand and your brain and all of you to engage with the material better slash faster
0: so i just came up with this analogy i've never used this before but imagine you're standing on the edge of a, a mountain and you're looking out onto the horizon and you go oh isn't that beautiful and then you could say well what's beautiful then you point to What's beautiful, and you narrow your focus into what's beautiful. That's kind of what happens with your hand or card because there's all these words on this page. Pages, however, we need to focus in on where are we at the moment. And so, by putting your hand or card on the page, what it does is it focuses you. So, you're not looking at all the stuff that's there, but what you're getting at is where am I? Let me stay where I need to be because there's so many places you could go with your eyes. Your eyes follow movement. Like if there's a fly right now that goes in front of your screen, your eyes would be like, what's that doing there? You know, it's like your eyes will follow it. And if you create that movement on your page, be it on paper or on screen, I teach people how to read on screen as well. You then are able to follow that and your eyes are happy and your brain's happy and you're keeping your place and moving along. And that's kind of the reason is focuses your attention where you need to be.
1: There's a program that I use called Brain FM. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Mm, that at all.
0: I've heard of it, but I don't know. Tell me. Yeah. So,
1: so what it does is, and I'll link up to it in the show notes, but what it does Mm. is it does almost in an audible way what visually you're suggesting the cards and your fingers do is that it gets your brain into the right brainwave pattern and kind of does that, you know, puts up the blinders in terms of distractions elsewhere. So it gets your brain into learning slash there's reading modes actually in it. And so, you know, there's sleeping, there's napping, there's meditation, there's relaxing, there's focus. And some of the focus ones deal with reading or studying specifically. And they, they really do help when it's, you know, plowing through emails or really helpful if you're doing, you know, speed reading, I've found that that actually is a secret sauce
0: I will look at that. I will definitely look at that. So is it kind of like where they talk about how the heart rate is at 60 beats per minute? So if you listen to like Mozart, it helps to get your heartbeat down and and you'll process better because you're more relaxed. Is it that kind of a thing?
1: It's similar to that. Yeah, it's that it's it's I don't want to call it music, but it is music. It has tones and different things inside of it that Mm -hmm. play. And again, through auditory sensory input puts Mm -hmm. your brain waves into a certain, I'm going to just mince words here and claim I know what I'm talking about, but like yeah. theta waves or like certain brain waves allow you to do certain tasks better than others. Mm-hmm. And so getting your brain waves into the right place, pattern, etc., for those activities with this music is the goal of it. And it works really well for me and others that have tried it. So I'll link up to it in the show notes.
0: Yes, please. And I'm going to check it out. And I think what I'm hearing or what it makes sense to me, what I'm understanding is that if you do put that in and, you know, in the background or have it inside of your listening, that what you can then do is when you know how to move your eyes in a more rhythmic fashion. And so you learn how to find either, and I talk about keywords or phrases using your hands or card, it can really expedite your ability to not just read quicker, but to really understand as you're going. So it sounds powerful. Mm -hmm. I I wish I had known about it before, but yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Good.
1: You'll be probably not the only one hearing this for the first time. So right, right. <laughs> I suggest everybody check it out. But, yeah. Yeah. So, no,
0: that's great. Thank you. I so love that's, learning that's, too.
1: <laughs> and, and, and again, I think that speaks to what you were just speaking to, which is when you're wanting to focus and there's productivity mm-hmm. tip for you there, environment yeah. counts. It matters.
0: So You've much. Gotta yeah. set
1: your environment up for the activity that you're going to do in this case, speed reading.
0: And so here's something else that I've find found over the years. So I've been doing this over 30 years. Long time ago, just briefly, I used to hate to read. And that's how I got into this in a way is that, you know, the universe put me into a job where I was taught how to teach reading to kids. And I was like, what do you mean? That's not what I want to do. And then it was just like, "Ah." once I learned this stuff, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And so what happens is now a day's with all of us on our phones and the emails and the dinging and the pinging and I'm texting, whatever, we have this difficulty in doing one thing at a time, monofocusing. And so when you learn how to monofocus, when you can monofocus, you're going to do much better with reading. But if you're constantly scattered thinking about all these other things and trying to multitask, which by the way, is not really true. You're just cycling. You might know this, you cycle through one thing at a time. You're not really doing two things at once. And so when we start to learn how to calm the nervous system, to do one thing at a time, we can read better. But there are people that don't read or can't read because they can't settle their minds. And so I even include in my, when I do webinars these days, I talk about mindfulness. I don't do a big thing on it, but just so you know, mind focus is an issue. And if we can learn how to meditate or do yoga, tai chi, breathing exercises, anything to get us out of the to-do and into just being will help when we start to read because we need to just focus on that one thing and not the 50 other things that we have circling around.
1: Perfect. You know what? I think we should step back. We've already done some tips, tricks, tactics. Let's rewind and say someone who maybe they've tried it before or have never tried it. How do you restart or start getting a handle on okay, how do I test this out and see if this is like something for me? I know you would say everybody can do it. It's just varying degrees and how much you're going to put into it. But how does somebody get started with speed reading?
0: Great question. I would say one of the things is first find out where you are, what's your reading speed and your comprehension. So I do have, and we just posted it, that the pandemic was helpful in this way that it gave me the time to do this, that I posted on my website at revitupreading.com, take a test and you get to test your reading speed and your comprehension. And so it's very helpful at least to get a baseline and what does, what do your numbers mean? And then from there, What I do suggest, and this is again, because it's my stuff on my website, we call it free course access today within a week or two, it's going to be called free sneak peek, same thing, just a different name. And it gives you one of the modules of my online course for free. And it shows you this really cool exercise called discipline your eyes. It's like my favorite thing to share with people. And I think it's in, it's in the superpower book, but when you see it actually being explained and you're demoed how to do it, it's really cool. And so that's kind of how you're going to feel like, okay, is this something that I can do, that I want to do, that I want to follow? If you're not somebody that reads in order to learn, and let's say an online course isn't what you want to do, I actually created an audio book for 10 Days to Faster Reading. Why? Because some people just don't want to read to learn faster. So I made an audio book. So it just depends on, you know, some people are kinesthetic. So that's where the online learning course would be good. Decide how you prefer to learn and then look at what are the options that are out there for learning.
1: You just brought something up that kind of let me see if I can relate this. So there's this thing in podcasting where some people are, quote, purists and say, I will never listen to a podcast at a faster speed. (laughs) I am not one of those people because I have a history with speed reading. Now, I don't like to crank it up to two. I go to like mm. 1. 1.2513 1. with like a variable speed or something, and it just eliminates some of the gaps and helps me to focus. I mean, it's not about getting through it faster, although – because again, it's for pleasure, but mm-hmm. it does help. And so I bring that up because you just mentioned audiobooks, and again – This could be maybe a shoehorn, if people know what that is, Uh, in (laughs) – I'm dating myself here. This could be a way for people to find it more accessible, we shall say, to see that speed reading may be for them because, again, the inner voice, the the sub-vocalizing is what I really am getting at, is that as you're speed reading, one of the ways that you can read faster – and you know this, and I'm just stating it for the audience, is that sub-vocalizing is when you hear your voice or somebody else's voice, for that matter, the author's voice.
0: It's, it's, your, it's your voice. It's sometimes, usually, but
1: yeah. I, sometimes, though, when I'm reading like an autobiography – I kind of imagine the author's voice if it's especially yes. if it's somebody like like you've heard a lot. I could give examples, but I don't know.
0: Matthew McConaughey was one I did when I read it. Yeah, that was like I totally could hear him when I was reading. That and book. that's yeah. one
1: that's actually really worth listening to. because okay. he really <laughs> d- he really literally does read it, and he's got such a great voice. Yeah. But all that to say. One of the ways to get out of your own way that you would suggest is to work out and let's actually talk about that for a second. Work out and and get over the sub vocalizing. Once I realized that was a thing I was doing, now at first I was just speeding it up. I was hearing the voice faster,
0: faster. <laughs> as, <laughs> yeah, good and that was kind <laughs> of a strategy. That was a
1: baby step. But then once I could get to the point where it was absorb the words and move through them quickly without hearing them in my head. Our brains are more capable, as you would say, of absorbing this information faster. It's just that we are unintentionally slowing down by going by the guidance of that voice. So, how do we get over subvocalizing? I guess is, a, is the question that that leads to.
0: Subvocalizing, first of all, for most people, came from the way that we've learned how to read, that we learned phonically, meaning we looked at something, sounded out, hear it in your head. And so that's how we learn to recognize words and we get a sight vocabulary by doing that. But sub-vocalization is not something to quote unquote eliminate, but to reduce is the goal. So if you read every word right now, if you can get first to every other word and every third word and just like a couple of words per paragraph and the faster that you go with good strategy like if you're reading a paragraph you're using your hands or card you're looking for either keywords or phrases or both of them and you know why you're there and you know what it's I mean it's just like you can just go through it then you can find that your ability to understand is there and you feel just like so it's just like such an amazing feeling when you can do that if that makes sense So we're trying very hard to manage our time mental energy along with what we're doing with with our minds and our bodies. If that makes sense.
1: Yes. Yes, it does. So I hope that that's a helpful insight to somebody out there who maybe is an audiobook and duh, you're a podcast listener if you're hearing this. So yeah. it's just a matter right. of have you ever dialed the speed up on one before on an audiobook or a podcast? That is a way of speed reading. It's just yeah, it you're, is. you're not doing the reading, <laughs> but it is reading. So.
0: <laughs> and so the idea is that you're not hearing the voice in your head. Every word. It's like your eyes are seeing it. So here's what I explain. When you, when you learn how to read, your eyes look at the page. And as we're learning phonically, we sound it out with our lips, we hear it with our ears, and then it goes to our brain. And the problem with that is that we don't really need our mouths and our ears in order to officially read. We just need to have it go from our eyes to the page, from the page to our brain, and in effect, be mute and deaf as we go through this. I mean, I don't mean to be cruel, but just like we don't really need those parts of our body in order to read. So if we can learn to go from the page to our brain more than circumventing through our mouth and our ears, it's going to help our reading for sure, for sure. And so it's about, you know, having a good site vocabulary is helpful, meaning you look at words and you know what they mean. Like if you go into something very technical, like if, if I sat down with a lawyer right now, right? Lawyers have all their legalese, you know, and a lawyer reads their stuff and I read their stuff, they're going to be better at it because it's what they know, It's their background knowledge. For me, it's like I'm efficient, but I I get stuck because I don't have that psych vocabulary, that background knowledge. So it's a lot of it is dependent on what you already know. You know, some people ask me, like, so should kids be, you know, like first graders, second graders? I want my son or my daughter to take this. I'm like, no, no, I don't teach that. I said, wait till they're 12 or 13, so they have a really decent psych vocabulary don't speed up their reading. Let them enjoy it. You know, let them enjoy word for word and, you know, enjoy that piece until they actually go into the speed part. That's just, that's just my take on it. Not everyone thinks that way, but yeah. I believe that
1: it, way. it sounds similar to, I have a 10 year old son now. He's a great reader, actually. Drink. He never really had a lot of the issues. Well, I didn't say, I wouldn't say I have issues. It was that I noticed the quirks in the English language where certain mm-hmm. words that sound one way are spelled, in my opinion, still incorrectly for the sound that they make when you speak them. But when you read them, if you don't know that word yet, you would say something. uh, I'm not going to even come up with an example, but it it sounds like that to me, is that if you broaden, it's getting that mental memory and learning in place. At this point, as an adult, you see a word. I know what the word is. I know how to spell it. I know how to say it. I know the meaning behind it. The symbols of those images of letters grouped together makes this, you know, I was a communications major, if you can't tell. And that was one of the the most fascinating parts was just symbols and imaging and language being part of that. So that's what that makes me think of.
0: That's perfect. Yes, that makes a ton of sense.
1: So here's the thing. I'm thinking about, again, my 10-year-old son, who does a lot of physical book reading, but also a lot of time Mm -hmm. on iPads. And heck, for that matter, we've just done lots of e-learning time in the past few years when it comes to pandemic, et cetera, comprehension when it comes to digital versus analog. I know that that's been something that like people have debated about. Let me put it this way. I've heard smart people say that mm. there are studies where you can comprehend information deeper, better, et cetera, when it comes to analog books or analog material versus digital. One, what's your take on that? And two, what's the difference speed reading wise between those two avenues?
0: So there is personal preference that has to get put in here because you ask people that are close to my age what they prefer, and most of them would say an analog. They like books. They want magazines. They want the books. They don't really want to be on screen. And for me, I'm on screen like all day long. And so if I want to read a book, the last thing I want to do is to stay on my screen to read a book. That's just my own take on it. So I like to have a physical book. So like even that superpower book, I made sure that it is available in print for those people that want to have it printed. You can get it on Amazon, printed because I totally get that you don't want to read it on screen, right? And so in terms of comprehension, the same strategies that are taught for analog, for print, for reading on paper work digitally on screen a little differently But they're taught, they're taught in my course anyway. And so it's about active, mindful, conscious strategies. And it doesn't necessarily have to be completely different. Now, there's a big difference in lighting. So you look at a book, the light comes from out above you, you know, onto it. So there's a reflection onto the, the white paper, whereas on your screen, it comes from inside. There's like the font size, how clear or unclear it is, and colors, and ads, and, you know, there's so many different things. And I just want—I want to plug something. I don't—I don't get anything for it. It's um, a great app called B Line Reader. B E E L I N E Reader. And what it does is, you go into a web page. Once you get this app, you go into a web page. You click on it. It basically puts it in different colors. So it goes black across one line, and red across the next line, and green. So you follow it because the color. And then when you put it in active reader mode. It takes out all of the ads and puts it into a strict, basically, you know, same line. Every line is the same length long and you just go straight down the page. It, it's just a beautiful thing in this world that's just vying for your attention. So Beeline Reader is like my go-to when I read on websites. That's great. There are hacks that you can do, you know?
1: Okay. I'm going to make sure to uh, link up the, to that in the show notes as well. So yeah, anybody who's driving and listening can
0: Yeah, uh, It's two E's on that. B. B-E-E. E E E L A N E L A N E Yeah. <laughs> reader. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Very cool. So yeah. say you're somebody like me who has been a speed reader in the past, and I typically am in like gear three. So that's kind of where I live. What are some of the ways that maybe somebody that's more advanced like me can bump their speed up a gear?
0: So you say you're in third gear. Is that where you're, that's where you live? But remember, you have five gears yes. built in. Sometimes you can go slower on purpose because maybe you need more information. Maybe you want to savor it. Maybe you want to pay more attention to it. And then you can also learn how to go to four or five by really trying to press your hands or card, you know, on the page or on the screen. And you can use Spreeder, dot com. They have, I think it's Reader Pro now, but they do have a free version, a beta version, where you basically plug in any text that you want to read and it force feeds you and you can change the speed on it to go from like 300, 400, 500, 600 words a minute, one word at a time, three words at a time, five words. You set all the parameters and you force feed it. It really helps your eyes and brain to start to learn how to communicate more efficiently. Like the eyes will pick up more stuff quicker. So... You can work with those things, but just remember you have five gears. So people say to me, So what's your reading speed, Abby? So I'll just I'll just put that out there. And I tell people, well, I have five gears like anyone else. I could read it a hundred words a minute if I wanted, but I'd say probably I start around three to four hundred. That's like my lower gears. And I go to twelve hundred to fifteen hundred. That's my gear shift most of the time. Now some people will say, Okay, that well, that's amazing. Oh my gosh. But then there are other people that go, I can read 2,000, 5,000, you know, words per minute. It's not as many, you know, there's a bell curve of people that read. And so there's there's a few at the end that can read that fast. But for most of us, we have this, like, if you could go between 300 and 1,200 words a minute and have that flexibility, that's pretty darn good with good comprehension. That's what you're looking for.
1: Yes. I think I've probably gotten into like, say, gear four before. I'm looking to see how I can more quickly and easily get into, say, four and five. I will often do, you know, one and two. I just think that three is where I kind of default, where it's like, okay, get through this. And with the practice that I've had with speed reading in the past, it's not hard for me to get there. So one of the other things I was going to ask was, I know that part of the, advancement of our speed or figuring out how to get into all the gears is undoing bad reading habits. Let's list off maybe some of those and, and ways we can, you know, approach undoing those.
0: So when you talk about undoing, you talk about like talking, like the sub-vocalization See, mental yeah, whispering type thing? I, yeah, or, I think
1: we've already actually addressed yeah. some of them that would be categories.
0: There's two more. There's two more. So you just talked about subvocalization, vocalization mental whispering, talking, and And I explained how speed can help you to not be reading every word and and having very active, mindful, conscious strategies will help. So regression is the next bad habit that a lot of people have. And a lot of times it's a learned habit where as your eyes track across the line, they tend to come backwards. And you can see this in my classes sometimes I have two people who don't know each other typically and they have a magazine in front of them and I say, watch this other person read and their eyes will go across, but then they'll track back and then they'll go forward and then they'll kind of track back. It's like there's this distrust that we have created when we read like, oh, I didn't get that so I'm going to go back, but it's almost unconscious how that works. And so we have to learn how to keep our eyes marching forward more often than not. And that's where like using a white card is like perfect because the white card, when I talk about it, is not putting it under the words you read, but putting it above the words so that you are not blocking where you're going. You're leaving it open. I hope that makes sense. So you put a card above. So this way you have to kind of, you can't go back unless you intentionally remove the card.
1: You finish a line. And as soon as you're hitting the end of the line, you're moving it down a line. And so your eyes don't have the chance to scan back over that previous line. It's got to jump back to the far left and go again on a new line.
0: Right. Active, mindfully, consciously say, you know what? I didn't catch that. I was going too fast or I was daydreaming or whatever. But learning how to keep your place you know, is going to help. Using your fingers or a card helps to reduce the regression. For sure. Having an intention. Why am I reading this? Sitting in a good place. I mean, all these things. But the other habit that all of us have is mind wandering, daydreaming. And that's okay. Some of it's okay. But I call this good daydreaming, and that's so a good daydreaming. So, good daydreaming is when you're reading about something, you know, uh, let's say a place like Finland. You're like reading an article about Finland, and oh wow, I went to Finland three years ago, and and you're just really involved in it, and so you're daydreaming, applying what you're reading to what you experience. That's great because that's how we learn things. We build bridges of knowledge from what we're reading to what we know. But bad, we're not so good. Daydreaming is when we're thinking about I gotta call the tire guy and. You know, I need to pick up my daughter at such and such time or, you know, I, it's, it's about your to-do list. It's about the conversations you have had, need to have, you know, whatever. So it's when it's not targeted is what you need to be looking at, if that makes sense. Yes. So you're, you're trying not to, everyone will daydream. It's it's trying to reduce the not so good daydreaming and to accept the good daydreaming for what it is. And say that's a good thing.
1: Well, and that's again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, that's where the brain FM Listening will kind of block out some of that bad daydreaming. It will reduce that and get you focused in on what you're doing in front of you. So correct.
0: Yeah. So so being active mindful and conscious will help reduce mind wandering or daydreaming, going back over the words that you've been reading and also the subvocalization. It's a beautiful play.
1: Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. We've covered so much. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, have, there, there, there's a lot. What's great is we've actually covered a lot. And there's still Mm -hmm. so much more that's in the book that we have not covered. And I'm going to leave it there. I think people should go grab the book. So let's point people to where they can find out more about the book and or grab it.
0: Thank you. So I know I do have it on my website at revitupreading.com under the store however i really think especially people that have kindles or want to get a printed version it's best to go online to go to like amazon i think barnes and noble is carrying it it's also internationally as well there's international bookstores that are also carrying it so it's just speed reading a little known time-saving superpower by myself and i have a colleague Pam mullen who does some of the stuff in the book on the online reading so it's a dual kind of thing together awesome
1: I'll link up to that in the show notes there if people can find it. And that way they can find out more about you as well. Abby, this has been great. I can't wait to see what impact this is going to make for people.
0: I hope it's positive. That's all I ask for them (laughs) you know, I will tell you the one thing that um, I I do hear from people is that once they learn this stuff, it's like they were now allowed to go and enjoy the world. Once they've learned how to read this, like, oh my gosh, this is so life-changing. And this is what people tell me. And I get it because it has been incredibly life-changing for me. And so I encourage people to dip their toe a little bit and to learn more because it really can help them personally and professionally.
1: Yes. Awesome. Well, I am hoping and wishing that for everybody listening. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's another podcast crossed off your listening to-do list. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Abby Marks Beal. I know that, I enjoyed it. I hope that you didn't listen to it at too fast a speed. If you get my joke, if not, it's always fun to explain it, but I'm not going to do that. So I'll link up to her book in the show notes for this episode. It's definitely worth picking up. It really helped me go beyond what we covered in this conversation. There's much more. There's way more, in fact, for you to dive into and get more out of your stuff. Not just get through stuff faster, but get more out of it as you're reading If you found this episode helpful, and I hope you did, would you do me the favor of sharing it with somebody you know needs to hear it? All you need to do is hit that share button in your podcast player app of choice, and then share it with that one person you know needs to hear this episode. Thank you again for sharing. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next episode.